man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed, and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent, and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly say to do, when we assemble and meet together, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hand, to set forth his most worthy prayers, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary, as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have heard and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holiness. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no help for us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable
wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. Here endeth the first lesson.
but ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which ye have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in the darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in the darkness, and walketh in the darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth for ever. Here ends the second lesson.
unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour.
you for your sermon today, said Her Majesty the Queen, hopefully apocryphally. Thank you, in fact, for the three sermons you gave us today. No, don't worry, I didn't have anything else to do. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, like the Queen, you have three sermons today. The first is obvious. You're listening to it. The second took the form of our second reading from the first epistle of St. John, which is, scholars think, really, if you read the whole of it, a sermon turned into a letter, a trick many clergymen have adopted, when they rather like the, the sermon that they preached last week and can't be bothered to write a new, um, a new letter. And it's a pretty good sermon at that. I commend the entire epistle to you if you have a free evening tonight. The third is perhaps more meta. It comes from Jerome's commentary on the epistle to the Galatians, written in the 4th century, and must have had a much earlier source than that. The blessed John the Evangelist, he says, lived in Ephesus until extreme old age. His disciples could barely carry him to church, and he could not muster the voice to speak many words. During individual gatherings, he usually said nothing but, little children love one another. The disciples and brothers in attendance, annoyed because they always heard the same words, finally said, teacher, why do you always say this? He replied with a line worthy of John, because it is the Lord's commandment, and if it alone is kept, it is sufficient. Well, I've always been rather tempted just to get up into the pulpit and say, love one another, and then push off home. But something tells me that lacking the beloved disciple's great age, or his great friendship with Christ during his earthly ministry, the response of my congregation might be considerably less generous or gentle than that of John the Evangelist's. But it boils it down. This is what it's all about. And that's what he's building up to in the clip of the sermon that we heard in our reading today. It really is a pity that with the epistles, we don't really have the ability to hear the whole thing in one go. I mean, you probably wouldn't stand for it for a start. But of course, what happens when we snip them up in the way that we do is that so often the rhetorical flourish stops before it reaches its peak. And we aren't at peak John yet. That happens in the next chapter, when we get the classic soundbite, love one another as he has commanded us. And the soundbite, which then gets repeated like in a bad party conference speech, is itself only the build-up to the great take-home line of this sermon, of this letter. God is love, and that which is of love is of God. And that is the centre of everything. But here we are, stuck in chapter 2, at the beginning of the crescendo that leads us to these twin understandings 
that God is love and that we must love one another. But right now, he's teasing us with his use of the word commandment. He tells us that we must keep God's commandment and that the new commandment is the oldest commandment of all. And he clearly expects his listeners to know the story of the Last Supper and his, John's, account of Jesus' final speech to the disciples in the Last Supper, in which Jesus boils down all the commandments in the world to one. Love one another as I have loved you. By this will men know that you are my disciples, if ye love one another. Earlier in the Gospels, Jesus takes the Ten Commandments and turns them into two. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy mind and with all thy soul and with all thy strength. This is the first and the great commandment, and the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. But then Jesus leaves them with the new commandment, love one another. And John heard it. And John wrote a gospel about it. And John wrote this epistle about it. And John spoke about it so much that even his own disciples were sick of it. But it is the Lord's commandment and if it alone is kept, it is sufficient. And there we have it. What more do we need? It's not a bad mantra to pick up. Love one another. If we all go from this place and resolve that this will be our slogan from now on, that would be John triumphing from the grave. Well, John triumphing from eternity, of course. And there are few better mantras to pick up. Love one another. It is the Lord's commandment, and if it alone is kept, it is sufficient. But it isn't easy. This is where the rubber hits the road, of course. It's fine loving those who love us. Even the Gentiles do that. As Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. But that's not what this is about. It's about how to love all your brethren, how to love all our brothers and sisters, even the ones who annoy us, even the ones who betray us. It's actually the hardest task of them all. It takes a vast amount of effort and humility and willingness to forgive and forgive and forgive and then forgive again. Actually, of course, I tell a lie. It doesn't take a vast amount of effort. It takes a vast amount of grace. It takes a vast amount of love. Love poured out onto us. Love which we might be able to dribble out onto others in return. Love one another. Maybe these three little words aren't sufficient to explain how we should or could love our neighbours. Maybe these three sermons, all on the same theme, all on the same day, two by an apostle, are all we
transform us into men and women defined by love. Or maybe we shouldn't try to overthink an emotion, but rather should pray for the grace to live it and feel it, knowing that everything else, all the other commandments, all the other sayings of Christ, all the other sermons ever preached in all the world do not match these three simple words. Love one another. It is sufficient. Amen. Now in a slight change of rubric, I suppose, because today we welcome for the first time a live stream of this service. We welcome all those who have been watching with us wherever you are in the world. It isn't quite possible at this time for me to go up to the altar and bless everybody from there and then come back, not without a team of cameramen or installed cameras. So therefore you're going to have to forgive me if I bless you from here and bless you from here as well. And also if this is the point, the place from which I can make the few announcements that do need to be made. The first is that we're coming up um, quite soon to All Souls Day. And this year of all years is a year in which All Souls Day I think is going to be particularly poignant. And I would like to invite you to join us for that. And because we expect there to be a large number of people joining us, we're holding two services, one on the Sunday night, instead of Evensong, on the 1st of November, and one on the Monday night, at 7pm on the Monday, at 6.30 on the Sunday. Please do reserve a place for these services, as they are likely to be very heavily oversubscribed. At this, the choir will be singing Mozart's Requiem, and we will be looking for ways in which we can mark those whom we grieve, those who might have died this year, those who might have died many years in the past. I invite you to join us for that. I invite you also, this cold and damp evening, to note the buckets around the church and the occasional misplaced mop. We've discovered that a large number of additional holes have appeared in the roof over the last few months. It's not easy to keep a 900-year-old church standing, and it's not cheap. And therefore, I would invite you to give as you can at the end of this service, or from home. At from home, the PayPal link at the bottom of the, the YouTube or Facebook posts. Here, from the QR code in your order of service or from the little machines dotted around or even good old-fashioned cash in the box at the back. But it's the only way that we can maintain the services, keep our wonderful choir going and keep this wonderful building up. Now I invite you for a moment to pause as we move from Luca to Blessing before we then all depart. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be upon you and remain with you, this night and always.